0: Is this going to be the best Friday show ever? I'm thinking that this one has a chance to be the best Friday show ever. We got Parker Thune on location for four-star offensive tackle, Caden Green's commitment coming up at 5 p.m. I'm at Brown O'Haver with my buddy, John Whitson. Travis Davidson is coming on with us today from 3 to 6. John's going to join us for the entire show today. I I called you my buddy. I, I hope that that's okay. I hope you don't have friends out there listening Looking down on you now that you associate yourself Dude, with me. Dude,
1: we are book buddies. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked for a World War II book yeah. to bring today, and I'm in the middle of one right now, but it'll be, I'll bring it to the office, I'll bring it to your studio. Uh, absolutely, we're buddies. Yeah. And you know what this is like, Tyler? I am always get to be on the radio with Toby. But that's like being on the radio with your dad. You know, and you can't say stupid stuff with your dad, because you don't want to embarrass him. It's and true. You're like, this guy's exalted. There's The voice of the Sooners, the voice of reason... I feel like it's the boys today, and we can say whatever the heck we, we, want. we, fu- we can, want. We
0: can make fun of Lincoln Riley. We can make fun. We can
1: we can make fun of Lincoln Riley. We can even you know we can talk about anything bad we want. I, I, I feel liberated. I feel free. I feel excited to be invited. Brown O'Haver is excited to have you here, and uh, I like being a part of the best show you're going to have all summer. Oh
0: yeah, No, it's going to be awesome, uh, especially if the decision drops this afternoon for Caden Green up there in the state of Missouri where Parker's at. Um, Parker, what do we got about three hours away from this commitment? And we've talked about Caden Green a ton. Any reason why OU fans should feel nervous
2: here down the stretch before this thing happens? No, I mean, I don't think so, Tyler, and I've been pretty adamant about that from the get-go. I think Caden Green's going to be a sooner. And uh, the other finalists for his commitment this evening are Missouri, Nebraska, and LSU. He did take official visits to all three spots, but – Uh, It's felt for a long, long time like Oklahoma was going to eventually be the destination for Green, who was born in Tulsa to a couple of Oral Roberts grads, moved up to Kansas City, but maintained his affinity for the Sooners. And, man, really the only thing that ever had the potential to throw a wrench in Oklahoma's recruitment of Green, in my eyes, was uh, Mule Shoes' exodus and the effect that it might have had. On Bill Biedenbo's employment at Oklahoma. But once Biedenbo was retained and once Brent Venables got to town, it became pretty clear that the Sooners were just as viable of a player for Green, if not more so, than they were prior to the exodus.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. You, I, I, everyone thinks that OU is going to get Caden Green today. And what that's going to do is shore up a really good offensive line class. You already, you already got Josh Bates, three-star inside offensive lineman uh, out of Durango, Colorado. Heath Ozida out of the state of Washington, three-star offensive tackle. And then we're thinking tomorrow you might get Logan Howland, three-star, 6'7", 280 out of New Jersey. Might just be the highlight of this class, Parker, what they end up getting on the offensive line. And that's not including one or two other guys, that they're still in on here, you it looks like you're going to have at least four legit offensive linemen, but this could be a class of five offensive linemen when it's all said and done.
2: Absolutely, and I think I think the Sooners will be in the hunt for another one. It seems that things are trending in a different direction right now in the recruitment of Peyton Kirkland. So I, I'm not saying Oklahoma isn't the pick on July 23rd. I'm not saying they're out of it by any stretch of the imagination, but it's starting to look less likely. Uh, that the Sooners will pick up Kirkland's commitment in a couple weeks. But if you add Green, you add Howland, you add him to Josh Bates and Heath Ozida, you got four really solid building blocks on the offensive line. And, hey, down the line, if you pick up one more, that all in all is a really, really solid class for Bill B. It already is, but it has the chance to be an outstanding class uh, if he's able to not only pick up Green and Howland, but to add maybe one more blue-chip guy or – High three star guy at the very least down the stretch, because at that point, not only do you have the star power uh, with a guy like Caden Green, a guy like Josh Bates, both of whom are blue chips, but you also have depth and you're not going to need to rely on the transfer portal along the offensive line the way that you have had to the last few years. So I
0: want to ask John just kind of his overall thoughts on how he feels about OU recruiting. But before I do that, Parker, real quick, OU currently the number 28 overall class via 24-7 sports. If they do land Caden Green today, four-star offensive tackle, where does that put OU in the rankings going into tonight after that one's calculated? Is this is this top 20 material inside the top 25? What would it look like?
2: I believe one of our one of our listeners did the math yesterday and calculated that with Howland and Green, I think oh you would have something like the number thirteen class nationally. What? So, that, wow, yeah, that would I know that would position them. that's more than I expected too. Uh, that would position them to potentially have a top ten class by mid July, and I think they'll have a top ten class by the end of July, uh, at the very least a top twelve class. Uh, but we'll we'll see how things shake out. There are some pivotal decisions coming up. We talked about Peyton Kirkland, Derek LeBlanc's deciding on the 28th. Uh, beyond this weekend, a couple guys that haven't announced dates but that are expected to announce soon here. Uh, P.J. Adebare, the four-star edge rusher out up here in North Kansas City. Uh, and then you've also got four-star athlete Jacoby Johnson from right up the road, Mustang, Oklahoma. He's been an Oklahoma lean for a long, long time. So uh, things are about to get juicy here in the next few weeks.
0: Yeah, 405-651-3439. Come on, load it up with questions. John Woodson, Brian O'Haver, is uh, going to be with us today. He's a big-time OU fan. Shared some uh, very special moments standing next to him last year at the OU Texas game. I said standing, not sitting, because if you're a real fan, you don't sit that game. Where are you at uh, with the staff and recruiting? Just kind of what's what's your overall thoughts on things?
1: Par- Parker has a way of making me feel better, <laughs> but when I look at the the rankings and I play the comparison game, it scares the crap out of me. Yeah, I, I hate the fact that we're ranked so low. Um, 28th, and then you look at the Texas rankings and they're at third. I think Arch Manning's probably inflated because he's got Manning at the end of his name. I think we've got the better quarterback in Jackson Arnold from all reports that you hear. But just the sheer numbers of stars makes me nervous and you know I think part of the problem too is for an OU fan starting with Lincoln leaving, the news has been really all good except for recruiting right now we ended really strong right We got to the number 10 class which was pretty amazing. but other than that I mean we were fired about Jer- fired up about Jerry Schmidt, fired up about Brent Venables, fired up about getting Dylan Gabriel. You know, there's a lot of positive things, yeah, but the recruiting is like the one thing that I think we can all like direct our angst towards and be like, when's it gonna get better? When's it gonna get better? So I I think in in, in some ways, maybe it's a blessing that we have something to direct our angst towards. Does that make sense? Yeah, no,
0: I, I mean, I see where you're coming from. Let me ask you this though, if Texas had the number twenty six overall class right now, with or without Arch Manning, whatever, but they were the number twenty six overall class, not the number three overall class. Like, Would you feel the same? Like, I guess my question is, do you feel the angst because Texas has three five-stars in a top-three class uh, right now? Well,
1: sure, absolutely. That's still, I mean, that's still our best measuring stick for who we're recruiting against, right? I mean, we're going up against so many recruits down in the state of Texas. Uh, yeah, I think that that's probably driving the majority of my angst. That and just that number of 28. I mean, being outside of the top 20 of anything Oklahoma-related, especially football, gives me pause It makes me wonder what's going on. Even and, and I think maybe not knowing how the rankings work, the fact that we sure. can jump to 13 with just two seems like some crazy math to me. But I will feel a whole heck of a lot better when we're ranked 13th than when we are 28th.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, again, we're, we're five months out from signing day number one, so there's a lot of things that have to take place. I, I guess I just never felt super concerned about things. Now, if I had to play devil's advocate on the Brent Venables era. Like, I think it's going to be a raving success. Parker thinks it's going to be a raving success. John, I know that you do too. And I think every single OU fan thinks that it's going to result in a national championship at some point. But if you asked me and said, okay, I can tell the future and it's not going to work out. Why is it not going to work out? well I think the discipline of the program is going to be there I think the development is going to be there I don't know maybe they don't recruit to a level that you need to to win big in the SEC I yeah
1: if it I, if it doesn't work out and this is not something that it that enters my mind often but if it doesn't work out you can solely point it at moving to the SEC I mean that's going to be the easiest thing to point to that we're we're unequipped ill-equipped to perform week to week in the SEC and I think that's what makes you the most nervous when you see like a Texas recruiting class you say, Now, I know where Texas ranks. They're terrible. We've mentioned that y'all, you you guys have mentioned the decade have sucked now for well over a decade. (laughs) Yeah, a a decade, yes. Yeah, so uh, we know how bad they are and that that their culture is going to do everything they can to screw up that third ranked ranked recruiting class. But at the same time, it, it just gives you pause. It's like, are we getting the horses we need to be able to compete in the SEC? But all that to be said, Venables is, he's been there, he's done that. The only thing, though, is at Clemson, you only had to beat an SEC team once a year. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, Florida State was really good when they were making the come up, but I but yes. the, But they
1: fell off. Sure. You know, that, sure. Was, that was their big game was Florida State, and they had to beat – like, just like we had to beat Texas, we had to beat Texas and then one other team, you know. And so we're talking about having to build a roster that competes in the SEC, you, you know, game in, game out, every week, LSU, Texas – Texas A&M. I mean, the, the roster has got to improve, and it's got to improve, you know, hopefully in the next couple of years.
0: Well, Parker, that's where development comes in, right? I mean, you're going to need depth to win big in that conference, but if development is what it's truly going to be about, then um, I, I guess you got to feel pretty good as things sit right now for an OU fan of who you have as head coach and what the staff looks like.
2: Well, and if you're talking about development, you also got to be pretty excited about who you have as strength coach, Tyler. And I talked yep. about this last yep. hour with Connor, but – Jerry Schmidt being back is such a boon for this program. You see the pictures circulating on social media. Uh, You saw the picture of Billy Bowman hit Twitter the other day. I mean, he looks like he's put on 20 pounds of muscle. The dude looks like a different human being from July 8th, 2021 to July 8th, 2022. And so, uh, obviously not every single guy is going to take to Jerry Schmidt's program the exact same way, but if you get, if you get dudes bought in and it seems like most everyone, if not everyone in that Oklahoma locker room is, then they're going to be more physically prepared. They're going to have better endurance. We're not going to see them fall flat on their faces in the second half of a football game. Like they did, IE against Tulane last year in the season opener, when they really had to sweat that thing out at the end. So, I am encouraged about the direction of OU football in terms of developments, and I think that gives you some leeway with recruiting as well because maybe you don't have to recruit a whole bunch of five-stars in order to play elite football. And guess what? If there comes a point in time, as I believe there will, where you are recruiting a bunch of five-stars all across the board at all positions, then you can develop those guys as well as you were developing the three and four-stars that you were getting in years prior that's a championship program right there not a championship team then you have a championship program and there's a difference
0: all right let me get to a few texts before we hit a break on the air coverage solutions text line again 405-651-3439 what weeks decision coming tomorrow any chance for ou i'll I'll, uh, I'll let you not, take that one parker
2: not going to be oklahoma
0: this one says, "How can Jackson Arnold attract commits?" Well, winning the Elite Eleven probably goes a long way in into doing that. And it, you know, I I don't know if the decision for Jaquez Petway, you know, came down to Jackson Arnold or or anything like that. But winning that recruiting battle over over Texas basically straight up helps. So I, I guess what like what what is the thing about a five star quarterback Parker is not only can you benefit in this year's class, I think in twenty twenty four you can really benefit off that as well.
2: Absolutely, and I think as we look ahead to that 2024 class, and it's a conversation we've had before, but uh, I expect OU to have a top-10 class in 2023. I think they have a top-5 class, potentially a top-3 class in 2024, and I think they could push for the number-one overall class because uh, especially if things gel defensively this season under Brent Venables at Oklahoma, and you can have the proverbial skins on the wall, to point to not just at your previous destinations as a coaching staff, in Brent Venable's case at Clemson, uh, but at Oklahoma, at your current spot, then that makes your pitch all the more compelling to elite talent, particularly on the defensive side of the football.
0: All right, I'm at Brown O'Haver today, 1901 Northmore Avenue. Give them a call, 405-735-5510. Going to tell you more coming up next. What's up, Brown O'Haver can help you out with? Uh, John's got a pretty cool podcast, Boomer Vivo Podcast, that we're going to tell you about as well. So, hang out with us today on this Friday, talking a lot of recruiting, talking a lot of college football. You know what we do? Keep it up, keep it locked on the Home Suter fans. We're the ref. Locked in with McComas Thune and Whitson today. That's right, John Whitson at Brown O'Haver's joining us until 6 p.m. today. Bob from Cement sounds off on the Air Comfort Solutions text line and says, John sounds great. I love Brown O'Haver. I'm Bob from Cement, former professional radio caller at Sports Text 1400. Bob's mad that we take all the texts nowadays instead. Um, you do sound great, John. And, and one of the the things that I love about brano O'Haver, I've, I don't even know how many times I've uh, been live at Brown O'Haver, like 50 times maybe. And the one thing that is absolutely true, there's several things that are absolutely true about Brown O'Haver, but if you get something back from the insurance company and you feel like you've been slighted, this is a risk-free type of ordeal. If you don't get more money back, you don't charge people. So it's almost, John, like why would you not call Brown O'Haver if you're not going to have to pay if you don't get anything back? And I know you've got some incredible examples in front of you of a ton of money that you've gotten back from people
1: hundred percent. It, it, so there's two ways people can hire us. So we are adjusters for the insured, not the insurance company. So we work for you, the homeowner, the business owner, whatever the case may be. And somebody can hire us from the very beginning or they can hire us after they've been paid an initial settlement. And so many times, Tyler, people get paid that initial settlement and believe that's it. That's where they're at. That's all the money they're going to get. And we routinely get our clients thirty to forty percent more than they get on their own. And if they bring us a, a claim after the initial settlement, they only get paid they only get charged on what we increase the claim by. It Great is deal. a risk free proposition. Great deal. If you've got a claim out there, you've had a fire, you've had a theft, you've had a wind a wind loss or hail loss or whatever the case may be in the last year, in the last 18 months, and you say, Hey, I've got no more checks for the insurance company. I don't think I can get another dime. Send it to us. Let us take a look at it. It's just sitting there. Let us take a look at it. We're not going to take it if we can't make you more money. So you don't have to worry about us wasting anybody's time or anything like that. But if we think we can get you more money, we probably can. And it's going to be in the range of 30 to 40 percent more than you've already gotten paid.
0: You got an example in front of you?
1: Well, yeah, I've got one. I've got one about understanding what a policy is and stuff like that. So so often, the insurance company tries to push people in certain directions. Um, a client had hired us two months after they had their fire. They had all of these estimates out. They didn't understand what was going on. But a number of the estimates were for cleaning of their stuff. So all the stuff in the house gets, you know, whether it's smoke or the chemicals from the fire uh, department, whatever the case may be, stuff gets ruined. So they have a chance to, to get that cleaned. And when they get it cleaned, they have to get estimates. So they got an estimate to clean all the stuff in their house for over $100,000. Wow. Right? But if they, don't, if they decide to get it cleaned, they don't get any of that money. Sure. So they have to get all their old stuff back. Or they have to get all their old stuff. It's cleaned, but they have to get it back. And they don't really ever see that, even though it's their money. So they hired us. We're going through this stuff. We're like, wait a minute. You do know you don't have to pay this $100,000. We can work it out so that you get paid the $100,000, and you can decide how it's used. And they said, wait a minute, we can get (laughs) (laughs) $100,000.
0: That would be my reaction as well.
1: And I don't have to take all my old crappy, smelly, disgusting stuff back. Half the stuff you don't wear anyway. Think about the stuff in your closet. I think about golf shirts that I've had for 10 years that I haven't put on. Are you kidding me? Am I going to pay to have somebody clean that after it's been in a fire? It's
0: kind of nice to kind of delete all the evidence of the bad stuff. You delete all the evidence.
1: Great. It's brand new. You get to go on, you know, imagine the Amazon shopping spree or wherever you go shopping. It's almost prime day. Um, and so it's it's understanding those kind of situations because they were under the impression that they were going to have to pay that bill and get their stuff back. They had no concept of the fact that they had their own choices that they could make, that they could decide how to spend their money. That's a big chunk of change. Yeah. And when you have other people making those decisions for you, you lose out on that type of money. At Brown O'Haver, we don't care how you spend that money. We're going to give you all of your options. We're not one of those vendors. You don't have to worry about us deciding how to spend that money for you. We're going to give you all the options. And at the end of the day, you're probably going to take the cash. I don't know who out there is not going to take the cash. So in this case, they took the cash. $100,000. They can dress themselves however they want, well, or so buy a car. It doesn't matter. I was about to say,
0: if uh, Brad O'Haver gets me $100,000, let's just say we're having the best seat in the house uh, come second weekend of October in, uh, in Dallas. So, so, I mean, that's happening.
1: Yeah, so give us a call. The easiest way to get a hold of us, give us a call, 405-735-5510. Check us out on Facebook. But And that's just one example. I've got others that I'm going to go throughout the show. Yeah, yeah, But um, you know, that's that's we understand how policies work. We understand what the insured's going through. One person, A person might suffer one large loss in their life. We handle 30 large losses a month. Give us a call, 405-735-5510.
0: Keep the text coming, 405-651-3439. Just threw out a lot of numbers at people right there. Your phone number and our text line, but use them both. Parker, uh, Oregon got a big commit today. Five-star quarterback, Dante Moore. Out uh, of Detroit, by the way, he was at that Elite 11 camp and looked like one of the better quarterbacks out there. He's a really good player. Picked Oregon over AM, LSU, and Michigan. Huge, huge get for the Oregon Ducks. And isn't it interesting, Parker Thune, that the two big defensive coordinator hires at Oklahoma and Oregon in their first full recruiting class, both are able to get top five, or uh, five-star quarterbacks, both will probably end up in the, in the top five in terms of QBs.
2: Yeah, I tell you what, Dan Lanning, if there's one thing that man can do, it is recruit. And I think the jury the jury is still out on that Oregon football team more so than it is with Oklahoma. I don't think those programs are necessarily on equal footing just because Brent Venable's resume is far more extensive than Dan Lanning's. But I do really like what Lanning is building up there. And now the biggest question becomes, what becomes of Oregon in this realignment situation, and uh, I I wouldn't go so far as to call it a fiasco. I don't think we're there yet, but there is a certain lack of clarity uh, with regard to where Oregon ultimately ends up once this round of realignment is complete. It's pretty evident at this point in time that the Pac-12 or the Pac-10 at this point is not going to make it. So where does that leave Oregon? Do they end up in the Big Ten? Do they end up in the Big Twelve? Does the SEC want to open a satellite division in the Pacific Northwest? I don't know, but Oregon and Notre Dame are the two biggest football brands that are going to be out there on the open market, you'd figure, in the days and weeks to come uh, as we get more clarity on what exactly this realignment package is going to look like. I I wonder what becomes of the Oregon Ducks as a football program, what conference they align themselves with, or if they just go independent. Apparently that's on the table yeah. as well.
0: I just, I mean, speaking of Pac-12 recruiting, I find it a little bit funny, John, that's, well, you know, Lincoln's inheriting a 4-8 and eight football team. He may not have the best team in year one, but he'll get it going at some point. But at the very minimum, he's going to kill it in recruiting out there. Oh, my gosh, he's got an open lane to... Dominate California recruiting the West Coast, all this. I look today and USC's got the number 14 class. I realize and acknowledge that's higher ranked than what OU's is right now. But I was led to believe that he was gonna kill it and have the number one overall recruiting class. And the top ranked recruits that he has are guys that were former OU commits at one point. So I look, it's it's early. Same thing with OU, five months away from signing day, same thing is true for USC. I was just led to believe above anything else he was going to kill it in recruiting, and as of right now, it hasn't necessarily happened.
1: Well, the thing, I've, the thing with Lincoln is not he's always been – he has the history of being a good recruiter, at least based on stars, right, and number of stars that he brings in, four-star, five-star receivers, whatever the case may be. But the development is not there. So if he's not able to recruit – the level of player that he recruited at Oklahoma, if it's a little bit lower, and then the development is is bad, or and the equal- league's tougher that he's going to. 2024. I just don't see it. I I don't see a, a a roadmap for success at USC under Lincoln Riley if he doesn't recruit at the ultimate highest level. If he's not bringing in a top three or four class every year, because he just doesn't develop very well. We talked about what Jerry Schmidt's going to do. I mean, do we? I mean, can you even say that Jerry Schmidt and Benny Wiley have the same job? Like, I mean, they're, they're they're so far apart in and terms of skill set.
0: I don't think they use uh, a whole lot of kettlebells at OU. I could be wrong about that, but I know they use a lot of them at USC. I, they, I think they had their own trailer to transport all of them. I mean, was,
1: wasn't it the deal that they didn't even use stopwatches to measure the time of their runs or something like that when they condition? I mean, it's it's insane. And so to think that if he's unable to recruit at a really, really high level, and also if you think about the structure that was at Oklahoma when he arrived – compared to the structure that's at USC now that he's there, he's got to build that up. Yet in every year, you could make the argument that Oklahoma degraded at every position, in every phase of the game, year over year, there was a degradation in talent and skill. And so if that's what we're looking at as a pattern... It doesn't bode well for USC.
0: No, I don't think it does. Parker, I know that you mentioned last hour that they've whiffed on some offensive line commits. Have they whiffed on anything outside that? I mean, a number 14, what, 13, 14 overall ranking isn't terrible. But like I said, I was led to believe they'd have the number one class by now, and they're far from that.
2: Yeah, they are far from that, and I think the class is going to be modest for USC this time around. I mean, look, I, I, right now I want to say they're number 13. They have the number 13 overall class, and they've got a couple five stars. They've got Malachi Nelson. They've got Zach Branch. Uh, I, how many commits total do they have? They have 11 total. They have commits 11. Yeah. Right now, so I mean, look, they're about on par with Oklahoma in that regard. The only difference is. A lot of decisions scheduled for the month of July that look like they're going to go in Oklahoma's favor, one as soon as a couple hours from now. Not so for USC. So I think Muleshoe is finding things to be tougher sledding out there or tougher surfing, as the case may be, than he anticipated.
0: Uh, Let me get some text here. This one says, so we got a shot at David Hicks?
2: I mean, yes, a shot. And more than – like, they're they're in it. They're very much in it. But, again, uh, I am going to continue to approach that recruitment with caution, and I would encourage all OU fans to do the same. Don't get your hopes up only to get them shattered. Keep your expectations tempered and allow yourself to be pleasantly surprised.
0: This text says, in quotes, I am really excited about the direction of the OU program, Parker and Tyler. Then it says OU has one preseason first-team All Big 12 player, and he's the punter. Media has Baylor as the preseason favorite to win the league. OU second and closer to third than first. OU recruiting class was 35th prior to last commitment and likely won't finish in the top 10. This stuff never happened under Muleshoe. So, okay, uh, do you want to
2: you want <laughs> to you want to put money on that? Whoever that is on the text line, uh, you want to put money on Oklahoma not finishing in the top 10? Because I, I, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll put money on OU having a top 10 class by this time next week.
0: This seems like a national media guy uh, just because the media doesn't think that they're very good that we, means we're wrong about it.
1: Tyler, listen, the best thing that has ever happened to Brent Venable's team is to not have a player on the preseason Big 12 eh, and right. to be picked to finish second. That is the o- Oklahoma as an institution does everything better with a chip on their shoulder. Everything except maybe softball. And even in softball, they try to create chips that don't even exist. They
0: can't win it all without Jordy Hall. Yeah. What are you, t- what are you yeah. talking about?
1: I'm just saying Oklahoma as an institution loves the chip. They love the chip. It's when they're the favorite that you got to be worried and scared and that they're going to screw it up some way. But baseball, football with Baker, was there a b- bigger chip guy ever in the history of college football? No, there wasn't. And I, what he, what Brent Venables is going to do with this information to motivate the team. I'm fired up. I wish they'd have picked us fourth.
0: Does, does Brown O'Haver operate with a chip since they're kind of going after the insurance companies? Absolutely.
1: Alice Alice Young on her uh, – I, I joke about this all the time on her gravestone, not because I killed her, but on her gravestone <laughs> it will read, she fought for the underdog and mostly won, right? Because that's how that's how we operate. We know we're the underdog going up against these insurance companies. And you know what? It makes you work harder. It makes you not be complacent. It makes you – Angry that you're even being considered an underdog. I love it. I love it. I wish we were ranked lower. I wish uh, Turk wouldn't have even made the all preseason. I wish they'd have said he sucked because it would have been awesome to get everybody fired
2: up. Uh,
0: what I, I joked about it earlier this week is the All-Big 12 preseason team, it looked like Baylor in the early 2000s where they had no players on offense, no players on defense but by God, they had the punter on the first team out there. It's like it's representative of what Baylor was when they were really, really bad in the early 2000s. Okay, all right. Like this text says, preseason rankings don't mean S. My horn's ranked high every year uh, and and finishes losers. Is that Kevin back there? Kevin, I think just texted that that Yeah, Kevin Miller. Your podcast partner.
1: Podcast co-host of the Boomer Bebo podcast just texted in uh, a shocking dose of reality. (laughs)
0: <laughs> we got to, to talk about this podcast, man, because I've been listening to it quite a bit, and it's, man, it's it, very entertaining. It's
1: super fun. We love it. We've, we've got seven um, episodes and two specials. The uh, baseball team, you know, the softball team was playing Texas in the finals, so we got to talk OU Texas softball. Then we did some OU Texas baseball right before the uh, World Series started. Unfortunately, those two didn't meet. But uh, yeah, man, we, we're seven episodes deep and we're loving it.
0: Boomer Bevo Podcast, the only podcast dedicated as as what you say the uh, greatest rivalry in college football, the, right?
1: The University of Oklahoma and the University of Texas. It's not even close. I love it. I love it. And Kevin Kevin brings a great uh, amount of um, perspective to it as a Texas fan. We both grew up in Texas, so we kind of know how they view themselves. And uh, yeah, it's super fun. We've talked favorite games. We've talked coaches. We've talked quarterbacks. Uh, just recently we talked recruiting. And, uh, yeah, we're having a lot of fun with it. We yeah. can't wait till the football season to start yeah. so we can do it yeah. even well, more. So
0: you can talk more smack. I mean, I, I don't know if Kevin's looking forward to the football season here, but I, cannot I wait. know you are. I,
1: I cannot wait till Alabama goes down there. <laughs> 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 the lo- you know what's crazy? The more I do the podcast, the more I hate Texas. Yeah, like, I didn't think yeah. I hated them as much as I do, but then when we go back and I have to like – watch old game tapes and review old players. Man, I hated that guy, and I really hated that guy. I
0: love it. I love it. Locked in with McComas, Thune, and Whitson today. More coming up on the ref. Keep it locked. We're the Homeless Center fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune. John Whitson with us today, live at Brad O'Haver in Moore, 1901 North Moore Avenue. You serve Tulsa as well, though,
1: correct? Absolutely. We serve we can well we can go we can go in about twenty we're licensed in twenty three states, but absolutely we serve Tulsa. Ooh. We're in Tulsa quite a bit.
0: Um let's tell Alice that there's a claim maybe September eighteenth in Lincoln, Nebraska and one, we really need to go up there for business. One hundred percent
1: one hundred percent. You go I, to that game? I am gonna try to go to that game. I went to the last time we were in Lincoln. I got to see Adrian Peterson be a beast. Um, those people are the nicest fans. I know it's cliche and everybody says it, but it's the absolute truth. They're, like, so nice to you. It's so pleasant. And you're like, I just wish we could go watch games up there all the time. I'm glad we're getting to play again.
0: Don't they ha- kind of have to be nice now, though, now that they're really bad? Can you be a terrible fan? I guess Florida State Miami show you that you can be a terrible yeah. fan base and bad at the same time. Yeah, but- I don't think that
1: there's any rationale to who acts right and who doesn't, but – um no the people in lincoln fantastic super fun i highly recommend it to anybody out there if you can go go because it'll be it'll be a good time yeah for sure hopefully the game will be as close hopefully uh, we score more than 16 points i think
0: they'll score more than 16 i do think the game's going to be pretty close though you think so yeah no i mean nebraska was three and nine last year and all nine of their losses were by single digits eight were by one score i but here's the thing it brought this up a couple times I think it'll end up being a close game that OU wins. But, 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 OU has something kind of in their back pocket right now that Nebraska can't replicate. And that's the speed and the tempo at which OU is going to play this year. They'll show that against UTEP. They'll show that against Kent State. I mean, Nebraska will have film on how up tempo OU goes, but you can't replicate that in a game, man. You, you, you just can't. I, and I you, think that that could be something that's big.
1: Casey Thompson makes me nervous. If he's going to, if he's, if he's healthy and he's going for him, he makes me pretty nervous because I thought he was a pretty good quarterback. and
0: sure was against OU. He sure was.
1: Oh, at least the, the one game I saw live, he looked like an, uh, you know, a first-team All-Big 12. But I, I think he's a really good quarterback. But I think we need to go go ahead and go up there and take care of business. Yeah, I, I really do.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if anyone nationally would give you credit for that at all. Like, ah, Nebraska sucks. Of course they went up there and won. But who cares about that?
1: No, just who win. Just that? win, baby.
0: Uh, Parker is up in the Kansas City area. Caden Green is committing today at 5 o'clock. Four-star offensive tackle. OU, Mizzou, Nebraska, and LSU. And I was sad to hear again, Parker, that you may be having car issues up there. It seems like you're always having car issues, and I feel bad for you, man. We need to get you like a Cruton Mobile that has a digital banner on the side of the car with like crystal ball proje- uh, predictions.
2: Uh, dude, I know. Wouldn't that be awesome? Somebody got on Twitter and said, we need to get Parker a car deal. So, I mean, I guess if I got as much sway in this market as Spencer Rattler does, maybe I uh, got a Lambo in the store. Maybe that's going to be my next car. Uh, but, no, I, so my car, you know, it's old. It's a 2001 Taurus. So it's nostalgic for me. I'm going to drive it until it literally dies and I cannot move it another inch. So it does give me some problems from time to time. The thing is, it's really just all kind of hit this year, maybe because it's 20 years old now, and maybe that's (laughs) just the lifespan of certain car parts. But, man, I drove that thing for years and years and years and never had any issue with it. But the last couple months, yeah, it's been a struggle. And obviously, as I mentioned earlier, uh, AC is not functioning at the top of its game. Right now, which is definitely a problem when it's July and hundred degrees outside.
1: You gotta shoot. You gotta shoot this horse, Parker. You just gotta <laughs> shoot this horse. This does I'm not, not sound shooting like the horse are gonna keep. No. You gotta shoot no. the horse, man. No. No AC in a twenty-year-old Taurus. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine the, the interior alone. I can't. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Is it oh, cloth? Parker? Oh, it's gotta be cloth, right? It has to be cloth. No, it's not cloth.
0: It's leather? You got leather inside the Taurus? Wow.
1: With no AC makes it even worse.
2: <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah, uh, Parker is very <laughs> sentimental about this car. He's not giving this thing up. And that thing, it, 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 it's going to have to be on its last days, absolutely will not run until Parker gives it up. It's, it's sentimental to him.
1: That's an old car. (laughs) It is is, is an old car. That's an old car.
0: It is. Uh, Text line says, got my tickets to OU Nebraska today. Spent $470. My girlfriend is pissed. Yeah, um, if you buy them now, if you buy them the week of the game, if you wait until right before kickoff, you're going to have to shell out significant cash to get to this OU Nebraska game. Is his
1: girlfriend checking his credit card statement?
0: That does seem weird to be on a joint account if you're not married. Yeah, right? like
1: I, you know, unless he just felt the need to share it with her, he probably knew what the reaction was going to be. But those are one of those things you're just like, hey, I got tickets, and yeah. you just roll with it. I mean, they're if, not married.
0: If the girlfriend's going, then. You're going OU Nebraska. Like, yeah. what, what are you upset about? Yeah. And your boyfriend paid for it? Yeah, so who cares? Great,
1: man. What are we talking about? Unless he's not paying rent to her or something like that. You know what I mean? Is he one of those OU fans? Who yeah, knows? Probably. I don't know. Hey,
0: I, it, it's, <laughs> it's not beneath any of us, right? Yeah, Bills, the, who cares? You got Nebraska in town this yeah, week.
1: Yeah, maybe the rest of the text was out of the rent money I bought, you know, OU Nebraska tickets. But other than that, I don't know why you're sharing that information with your girlfriend. You need to, <laughs> you need to be better out there, okay?
0: Yeah, just, hey, we're going to Lincoln this week. Yeah, all right? Like, absolutely. Come on, it's going to be a good time. Uh, Parker, you were hinting at something, I don't know, the past couple days and it dropped today was official. Uh, Phil Picciotti, I, I'm still struggling with that. Phil Picciotti is headed off to the IMG Academy. I get, what's that going to do for his overall ranking and, and what was the thinking behind leaving Pennsylvania to play his, what, I guess his senior year in the state of Florida?
2: Well, anybody that goes to IMG, it's all about preparing for the next level, right? Because IMG, in essence, simulates a collegiate, athletic, and academic environment. So for Phil, the competition that he's going to face at IMG this fall – Uh, is so far superior to the competition that he would face back home in Pennsylvania. And moreover, because he's going to face that type of competition, because he's going to get the additional exposure that comes with a starting spot at linebacker for a program like IMG, you can expect that he's going to get a pretty substantial rankings boost here in the next couple of months.
0: Yeah, I would think so as well. So probably a four-star in line for him, which – only going to uh, boost the, uh, the, the overall recruiting ranking. Uh, this guy that spent $470 does give us a little bit more clarity on okay. his situation okay. in the text line. He says, I told her we're going to the game. We live together. So, yeah. Could, be, could this be the trip that makes or break the uh, relationship for these two? This is pretty big.
1: Maybe he proposes to her in Lincoln after we win. Hmm. Seals the deal. Then she can just keep the credit card, and he don't won't get in trouble anymore. Right? You know what I mean? I, there's I, a there's a lot of there's a lot there's a lot of layers to this situation.
0: Yeah, but I feel like if she's complaining about the money spent for an OU Nebraska, I mean, this is a huge road game, not in the sense of it's a top ten matchup, but I feel like just about every OU fan wants to go to Lincoln. You know, so if, if she's iffy about it or thinking that you spent too much money. I um I feel like the relationship is kind of on the brink heading into this uh, September seventeenth matchup.
1: I mean I'm married to Alice, the owner of Brown O'Haver, and the most expensive road trip I w- ever went on was the Columbus to o- you know Ohio State with Baker, and I did not tell her how much the tickets were.
0: See. Yeah, that's what yeah, there's no I reason. I mean to. and we're married. Yeah. You know, no reason
1: to. I just don't understand what we're doing here, why we're having to have this communication. Just doesn't even make sense <laughs> to me. It doesn't even make sense to me. What's happening?
0: Who cares what the number is? Yeah. You're going to see OU play in the shoe. Yeah. It's all good. It's I not know. like
1: ten years from now you're gonna be like, What happened to that four hundred and eighty seven dollars I could have used? You know <laughs> what I'm saying? You were gonna spend it on something stupid, and you might as well go to the football game.
0: All right, we'll wrap up uh locked in coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref for the homeless leader fans. Final segment of Locked In with McComas Thune and John Winston today, live at Brian O'Haver in more. 1901 Northmore Avenue. Really, just give them a call. See what they can do for you. 405 735 5510. John will give us more examples of the great things Brown O'Haver has done for people as the show rolls on. He's with us until 6 p.m. Parker's live in Lee Summit, Missouri. We're at 5 o'clock today. Four star offensive tackle Caden Green is going to commit. He is the number 103 player in the top 24 7 ranking 6'5 3'15. It's OU, Missouri, Nebraska, and LSU. And Parker, we expect Caden to to pick OU today, and he would. That would make commitment number twelve for the Sooners. He would be in the top four or five of recruits that they have so far in this twenty twenty three class. Correct?
2: Yes, he would be. So the only uh, commits that are currently ranked higher than him. Uh, as I, I'm going to fact check myself here. But Jackson Arnold and Jaquay's Petaway are far and away the Sooners' two highest-ranked commits. Caden Green would be number three, uh, the third top 100 prospect for Oklahoma in this class, and there will be more coming. Bet on that.
0: Yeah, Samuel Omicigo is currently the third highest rated prospect, but he continues to just rise and rise and rise because he looked great. At a recent seven-on-seven event, so he was a three-star initially, all the way up to a uh, four-star, and uh, he he may not be done. He may not be done rising up the rankings. By Joe, we haven't talked about it yet. He he did commit to Michigan State yesterday. No, don't let some hack out there tell you it was because of NIL reasons. But no surprise there that By Joe picked this uh, picks party.
2: No, really, no surprise and. Oklahoma was they, they never led in that recruitment there was a time they were in it but uh, especially uh, just given the fact that by Job is not native to Oklahoma and the fact that uh, as a native of Senegal as somebody who wasn't familiar with the sport of football until very recently you got to understand his perspective on the prestige of the Oklahoma football tradition, uh, is far different than your typical Sooner fan who's wondering why on earth, why on earth wouldn't Bajo play football at the University of Oklahoma?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly right, and uh, that's what John was saying earlier, well, before in that same voice actually, before we came on the. Air. Oh, really? All right, yeah. Caden, Green, Caden Green at five o'clock today. Logan Howland, three-star offensive lineman at 5 o'clock tomorrow. OU is in good shape for both of those two, seemingly. That'll do it for Parker. The Friday rush is coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.